my name is Fatima Al Banawi, and I've been in Dubai for four days. I am so happy that this is bringing this closure to my trip, but it's definitely a new beginning with the Dukan show and with Dubai and with people. Urban life. Neighborhood banter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. The Dukan Show. Hosted by OT, Tuflis, Urshad, and Reem. Welcome to the tribe. there because I wanted to visit the Sharjah Art Foundation. Yeah. I've been hearing a lot about it. Yeah. I visited Dubai a couple of times, a lot of times, but I've never been there. So I felt like I was not being loyal to my passions for art and to Sharjah. And um, it was it was very nice and I think maybe because it's not like a season or maybe it's a weekday or the time that we've been it was very like quiet yeah. and like which probably was much needed after being in Dubai for four days yeah yeah it's yeah. um it gives you a breather I think uh, yeah that's yeah. true it, yeah. slow, it slows down yeah yeah after the Dubai it's like it's okay you can walk slowly <laughs> yeah you can think slowly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you so. can pace yourself and take your time and <laughs> Just embrace what's around you. Exactly. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, speaking of honoring your artistic, <laughs> the artistic <laughs> side, what did you make of it? Was it was it what you expected? I've been hearing a lot, so um, I think you know everything that I've heard. Today was only one selection of you know artwork that I saw, so I can't really like generalize. But it's definitely an interesting selection of artwork. Very diverse. Um, and always interesting to see um, like the artwork of the Arab world and yeah. what's unfolding by Definitely. the day. Um, one artwork was particularly captivating, which reminded me of a project that I'm working on, and it was this um, journey that was handwritten. It's like a memoir or mm. a journey handwritten on silk Wow. Uh, it's like these documents or you know those old yeah. days yeah. like letters or I mm -hmm. don't know and uh, it was hung on the from the ceiling to the to the floor and it was very nice and I took some time to read through those handwriting uh, journals or entries on coffee and tea and wow. very interesting did anything in it and the context strike you in any way? Uh, I think just the concept more mm -hmm. than anything because it spoke to me. I'm working on a handwritten also um, storytelling project, so it was like, oh, there's this. There's this. Yeah. yeah. Right? And It's no surprise that you found it. I think it's no surprise, because I think that's part of where your energy that's and your... your journey. Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Inviting all that. Yeah. Right? All that good, handwritten good good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I want to see what the name of the artist was. I think see. yeah, I've I always hand like I still handwrite letters. That's kind of my gig. Yeah. yeah, and I think 
I really we should revive it, OT. I think we need I'm, to revive. I'm down for it because I'm all for handwritten notes. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, still write letters. I, I still write um, letters, and, and I take pride in my penmanship. I certainly don't receive them anymore. Uh, I receive emails in response, like I received your letter, and it was like <laughs> it's an email. Yeah. I'll write you one. No, no need. <laughs> Thanks, OT. But no, I think there's something wonderful, um, especially the novelty of it, of receiving that somebody sat down and took a moment to write a write to you. Yeah. There's something yeah. really loving about yeah. that nowadays. I think it was just a matter of function before. Yeah. But when I was growing up, you wrote letters, and I really enjoyed getting them. And I, yeah. I still write them, and I love writing them. Yeah. It's, it's this intimate part of yourself that yeah. sometimes gets forgotten yeah. with all the technology. Definitely. The artwork was by Abdullah Saadi. It's called The Pearl and Silk Journey, 2015. The Pearl and Silk Journey. Yeah, it's a uh, pencil on canvas. Beautiful. Which is quite difficult. And and not only that, it's quite interesting because pencil, it, it erodes, like, as in it, exactly. it dissipates over time. Yeah. So it's a very interesting um, choice yeah. to do pencil on canvas. Yeah. And there's an impermanence to it. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I haven't seen it. I think I'll go. Yeah, I should definitely give it a visit. I haven't seen it. So what's the, what's the stories you're doing? What's your story telling um so I'm collecting stories from people. I'm not necessarily writing them myself. Uh, I'm inviting people to a platform, to a storytelling platform where they can unfold intimate and vulnerable parts of their tales and narratives, um, often also forgotten, mm -hmm. like pencils, yeah. maybe fading. And um, they have a single A4 page to write that so I know it's challenging but it's also anonymous so yeah. they can really bring any part of themselves even if they're shy um, and those parts you know they're I'm inviting them to write that and to share it because there is um, in storytelling there is this component of bringing closure yeah. to certain experiences you know just by writing you can kind of have this um Really, a sense of closure. To or catharsis. It. Yeah, and yeah. It, it it's on its own uh, growing, like allows for growth and, and reflection. And also, when I read those stories or when the public reads those stories, there's also another sense of growth and um, sharing and, and relating and um, hence uh, psychosocial growth in a way, you know. Um, and it's all uh, happening through A4 pages of multiple people and mm. hundreds of people, basically. Uh, I'm working on a book that would showcase these stories as they are handwritten. And also, um, at the same time, I produce and direct and write scripts that are stemming directly from these stories. So they're very... Those scripts are basically a work of... It's a process of weaving in a selection of these stories to create a fictional character that this performance um, you know, tells the story of. And so although this character is fictional, created by myself yeah. here, all the bits and pieces that this character goes through, his or her life, um, are real yeah. and they're ours. And I didn't write any of them. They're... they're definitely written by the audience so that's we're not performing your story you're part of it and that's why like 
the setup is also made to include the audience and make them part of the performance and not only a viewer. Yeah. So they're very the proximity between the performer and the and the viewer is extremely close. Mm-hmm. Eye contact is maintained and um from the last performance uh, entitled I am you um a lot of people ended up like crying or you know there was a sense of coming together that was so beautiful coming together with yourself but also coming together collectively yeah. yeah and it was so beautiful to witness that um yeah so it's all because of stories <laughs> was, was that okay two questions one was why were were your stories part of it or were you writing to involve your stories into the into the mass story the, the massive piece yeah um and the performance curated no not performance i mean did you take the time to write your stories as well okay and like that a four page yeah um <laughs> a lot of people ask me that and so in the book there's always an element of me that's in there mm-hmm. i mean just the project is, uh, itself is, is very much you know how i it speaks about me yeah um in the book almost half of it is written by me um telling the story of the other story um the project is called the other story and so i tell the story of the other story yeah. um how it started the behind the scene kind of tales uh, the encounters i have with people because all the stories are collected on the spot when i meet people mm-hmm. so i've been meeting a lot of them and and i hear stories but then they later write their stories um the stories that are not written are told by me in the book mm-hmm. um and that's my story it's two years of my life mm-hmm. um or about two years in my life and so there's that but i did write an a4 only two weeks ago actually what compelled you to do that after yeah. so long engaged in the in in the artwork um i don't know i was in an event and um it was towards a calm like less busy kind of you know event and um i was participating with a project inviting people also to write and read stories um and i had the maybe 5 minute for myself or i just took one of the papers and started writing something um and also because i need to feel what what i'm putting people through by asking them <laughs> yeah, to write their absolutely. story absolutely yeah. and it was really challenging it was really? um it was definitely challenging <laughs> yeah. um feeling? i wrote about four lines so my story is half empty however going to uh, going back to like the length of the stories some stories are one line some stories are six words some stories are the entire page and so it's not about the length yeah because some well, stories are just just so close and so intimate mm. and that's the point and it's not about length or um theme or genre a lot of people have been creating their own kind of you know it's it's room for creation yeah. for yourself to be who you are yeah, anonymously be present exactly you know 
Yeah. Anonymity is is a weird gift you give people these days. Right? <laughs> uh, it's an odd. Yeah, it's a, it, I <laughs> I tackle that quite a bit. The idea of if you could write anonymously you tend to be more honest yeah. but then you have to break through that barrier yeah. there's an actual me that yeah. i have to almost but then anonymity what's interesting about it is that you have that aspect where you could just be honest because nothing just not going to come back to you but yeah. how that lived on the internet built trolls for example right so it's it's an interesting aspect of how in which ways you want to tell not just a story but like portray yourself it yeah. shows other sides of you for many people it's a precursor to exposure yeah. Yeah. so first you you need anonymity or you want anonymity and then you'll be exposed because yeah. otherwise you refuse exposure you yeah. refuse you know you refuse you refuse to engage for fear of judgment for fear of failure for fear yeah. of absolute rejection Definitely. which is you know the usual motivator but I think what's very interesting about your practice is that you give them literally tabula rasa a blank space a blank space a yeah. blank A4 space um, where they get to play whatever it is that they need to work through exactly or not work through you yeah. know And I think that that's an interesting... So the fact that you could only get four lines out, five lines... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And you had your time, right? It was five minutes. It was... Uh, I mean, I was in between, you know, speaking to people, and I had my, um, my paper and pen in hand, and I just spared those few minutes to kind of bring something out mm -hmm. in the moment, which is what I do to people. I ask them to write on the spot and so they might be with family they might be um, having a, a commitment right after they might be in a hurry like and I'm like hey take those minutes and spare some time for yourself you know yeah. and so it's what I do to people that I did to myself yeah. so do you approach everyone individually when you say it's a plat like I know you have a platform yeah. but what do you approach everybody on this really personal level to say here's a piece of paper please write I try to yeah. um, as much as possible um, in events that are so I basically go around town in cafes bazaars festivals galleries universities um, sometimes homes or what we call a diwaniya mm. um, and during those hours that I'm participating in um, in that specific location I'm you know I'm there with a stand that has the papers and pens and sometimes also I present or showcase the stories that have been previously written mm -hmm. just for people because sometimes you really can't write and I don't pressure them but you might as well read because that's also the part of the project is that we want to read other people's stories yeah. and learn from them or relate, connect and just kind of admire this shared humanity that we can, you know, sometimes just, you know, entertain ourselves and forget. Or um, So uh, during those hours, I'm there to answer questions, to just respond as much as possible to people's concerns or what do I write? I don't know. Um, do I, is it personal? Is it fictional? Is it from my childhood? Is it today? Is it an event? Is it what theme? And, uh, and I often tell them to just write a story about who they are, a life-changing event, a secret they never shared, something positive or negative. It's, it's really up to them and their choice. Um, And I just open up 
you know, possibilities. So I'd be like, okay, so maybe a trip you had or a career you changed from or a child you gave birth or to or a marriage you got divorced from or a person you fell in love with. And so I, I would say something that's very open like this and then they would be like, oh, yes, 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 yeah. okay, I'll come back to you. Yeah. And so I'd give them, you know, that time and, and also space um, in some events or some locations, space is very crucial and also the number of people in the space. So if you have a lot of people, yeah, it's very difficult because then in Jeddah specifically, it's like you're saying hi to everyone and, you know, catching up and it becomes difficult to have those moments for yourself. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, it's also a learning experience for myself because sometimes... I'm super excited about like renting a booth in this festival or bazaar and then I'm like never again because <laughs> no one was able to write or read anything because everyone's busy and so you learn and then some things you repeat and some things you're like okay this was nice but maybe not a lot of it maybe once a year maybe twice a year um, so it's a learning experience it was at the beginning it was definitely just testing the water kind of experience that I had with myself and then I was like okay it I, works yeah it, yeah the first stories or the first three stories I collected I was in a cafe sipping a latte mm. and I spoke to medical students that were non-stop telling stories and I was like hey girls <laughs> you I wanna... noticed you have a lot of stories and they were like yeah so I had this need to I was very shy because, you know, the public space isn't really utilized. Yeah. And the proximity, it's not like social media, you know. Our virtual public space is very Different. intimate. Yeah. yeah. I could leave a comment to you even if you're from... Mm -hmm. From anywhere. Exactly. And I feel so close because we're sharing a thread yeah. of comments. And so I spoke to the table next to me and I felt like I was... What compelled you to do? What, were you there for the with the purpose of getting these stories that day? That was the first day that I went. I left my home with the papers intention. and pens and an envelope. Okay. And I had the intention, and so throughout my latte, mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay, when am I going to do this? When am I going to do this?" And then they started calling their drivers and Ubers and whatever, and I was like, "Okay, Fatma, now, <laughs> yalla." Yeah. And so I spoke to them, and all three of them wrote. And then I actually have a one of the behind-the-scenes stories I tell you is that just this year, in 2017, I met one of the girls that wrote, one of the three girls that oh, wrote. Oh, that were sitting at the medical exactly. students, yeah. that were sitting at the okay. table. Yeah, and so I was in Sabah Hayat, this event in Park Hayat, um, where I spent like about seven hours collecting stories. And then there was a group of girls that passed by to read sound the collection and um, she was like I know you and I was like I, yeah you know, hey. I was like I don't know like family friends network social media um, you know work and she was like no I know this project mm. also I was like okay cool, cool. Yeah. Instagram people someone shared she was like no I met you at Mug and Bean Mm. And I hugged her. And I was like, <laughs> you were there. You're you know that fun. because of you, I continued. Yeah. You know, and I 
continued collecting stories. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, can I take a photo with you? And she was like, yeah, of course. Um, so, yeah, you learn that it works after a long while sometimes. It's not very immediate. It's rarely, it's rarely immediate. Yeah. I think there's always that just sense for everything we've done. It's just that sense yeah. of consistency to keep doing it. Exactly. Until it picks up. Eventually. Until something picks up. Yeah. yeah. But something somewhere always picks up. I wonder, what what is it in your life journey that made you the collector of stories? Yeah. Um, I think I was always fascinated with stories. Mm. Um, they entertained me and they made me grow. Yeah. Like, when I hear a story, I'm like wow, I never thought you would have such a story. Because I would only base my judgment or knowledge of you as a person based on what I know from the very surface yeah. of yeah. my experience with you. And then I would hear a story about you and be like, wow, okay. there's There are layers of it. Yeah. And also I think my story was always um, like just my family story. I happen to be very... Um, as people say I don't look Saudi so that's part of a story that I always carry around with mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. and so I never answer people with facts I tell them a story and then it would touch them and I feel it mm -hmm. um, but then also my academic background is very psychology sociology based and is very much focused on the humanities and then during my master's um, I felt the need to go back and hear and showcase more stories that are told by the people and not told about them um, so a lot of people would be like no but I'm not a writer or like I yeah. you know and I'm like no you have a story so just write it it's not that I am a writer or not and from my experience in the states I was in a good university and I would generally expect that people would know more about Saudi or Jeddah or the art scene or films and art and whatever and we were like cool people. <laughs> we're cool. So oh, I had to, cool. Exactly. Right. I had to tell them a lot of stories to just somewhat prove that I'm not a minority minority like I'm a not alone. Lady. I'm not yeah. an alien. Yeah. We exist more than one, you mm. know. And so it was through storytelling that I had to, that I was able to showcase that. It was through stories and photos, and um, and it was a life changing kind of thing to a lot of people. Um, I was Arabia in its own, like just Saudi and uh, my grandparents. How do I know about my grandparents? I know it through stories. I know their times through stories. I didn't live their time but I I feel that I'm a big part of it because of their stories yeah. what they told me what they told you probably and and through films that are also stories um, so we've been brought up through stories we know about civilizations through stories and history is basically a selection of stories that it people is. selected to tell a certain story exactly and so instead of telling one story, I'm inviting everyone to just write their stories. And I'm just going to put it all out. I'm not going to select from them. Yeah. And that's something that also shaped my experience as a Saudi woman is that 
there's only one story being told, or maybe yeah. two, or three, yeah. or but four. The na- it's a but very the narrow. The yeah, the narrative. It's the nar- one narrative. It's yeah. one theme, and it's a narrative not defined by the Saudi woman. No, that's something that's always very yeah. interesting because we we are coded in the stories that are told about us, exactly. and that's very much a part of what Dukan is about. Is we allow people to sit uh, in a comfortable story. space and tell your story, yeah. uh, and we are merely observers yeah. in this space yeah. um, what I really am happy to hear and inspired to hear about is that you're allowing people to have agency exactly. within their narrative yeah. to tell it in four words two words three words a thousand words yeah. whatever will fit on the page but it must have been very difficult isolating for you when you when you are Arabia mm. You know, you 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 kind of speak from your lens, from your frame yeah. of understanding, but you swear it's not good enough. Exactly. You know, yeah. you swear every single time it's you just tell never it, enough. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not good enough. You know, because you are not Arabia. You're merely, you know, something of it. Yeah. An element of an element of it. And I find that many women I know who, like me, were educated in the West. I feel like we struggle with this constantly. Yeah. There, no, there are more of us. No, yeah. we are brilliant. No, we are not shackled. No, yeah. we are not shamed. Um, do you still negotiate with that, or not so much? Was that a university experience, or is that a life experience for you? Our stories. Yeah, and the way that Arab women are coded in those stories. It's definitely a life experience. It's a life story. It's our narrative. I can't separate myself from it, especially that I, I mean, I didn't study like architecture or yeah. engineering, where you know. I could just be called an architect and I do that kind of thing and that's it, regardless of my story. Um, however, I also see my uh, friend arch- friends architects and engineers and uh, designers and whatever it is, that this is also an inseparable conversation to their career, yeah. to their um, even jobs, um, uh, family set up, everything. So... It's. I think even if you choose to separate it, it doesn't let you go yeah. that easily. Um, so it's just something that you that you grow with and then choose to create from. Yeah. Or not. Um, uh, it's also a responsibility, you know, because in a way, if there is a specific genre or a specific theme that's that's been a pattern. Um, you have to produce work and artwork or 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 stories um, to reach out to people because people are not you know people can't continue like digging in so deep just to know the truth if the truth is not like with a Google click of yeah. like hey show me Saudi yeah don't expect that that would be an immediate answer there yeah. there for you you know so. So we have to do a bit, a tiny bit more, mm-hmm. um, or actually not a tiny bit more because we haven't done much. <laughs> that's that's. I didn't want to interrupt, but yeah. the reality, which I just interrupted. Um, <laughs> no, the the, the 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 truth is that we when when I know when you say we, you're speaking about the Saudi female experience. There are also the Saudi, but I think it's the Arab women experience exactly, as well. and and just women and men. Yeah. And for years, I, I did gender theory. I did. I worked at the Family Protection Society against violence, and specifically women, yeah. uh, Saudi women that I was dealing with. 
However, later on, I was like, okay, if we kept repeating this conversation of only Saudi women, I am excluding my Saudi men, male friends, and my brothers, and my father, and my stepdad from being part of our conversation. Absolutely. And I'm not necessarily thanking them for being there for... I'm putting them as not guilty. Yes, absolutely, because... Not entirely... Um, well, not bullies of my existence, you know what I mean? But also part of this story. Yeah. I see what's... Here's a story. Okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in university. I was really, really... Ang- like, I had angst about... You know, uh, I was studying gender theory. I was studying... I was yeah. in women's... Uh, like, in a very heavy... Um, you know, very heavily feminist-leaning course, yeah. you know? Um, and I remember I was working, I was doing legal work at, at a family, family law clinic. And I remember we were having this, a, a, I was having a conversation and one of the guys leaned in to me and he was a good friend of mine and I'll never, he changed, I think he changed the trajectory of the way I think. Because he looked at me and he's like, you know, my liberation is bound with yours, right? Mm. And he just said it. And in that yeah. moment, I realized, yes. It is, but that means that I've been binary because I felt marginalized, and I've and my mom was abused. I grew up in a very violent home, so I had those things coding my anger and actions, and and that's what university is supposed to do. It's supposed to sort you to yeah. allow you to sort, have sort out all that. Sort out your do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. but what was interesting was that he leaned in so lovingly, yeah. but so firmly in a moment where I was on a like proper rant. I was like on a good. Yeah. I was on a good one. Like, it was a real good one. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know your liberation is bound with mine. Yeah. So we are no different. Yeah. I need to liberate you, and you need to liberate me. Yeah. And that means we sit at the table to be liberated yeah. or to liberate each other. Yeah. Now, that's when my voice changed and my perspective changed. And the way you... Because we do criminalize. If you come from a, a background of violence like I do, you criminalize men who do things aggressively abrasively but society almost codes us in those boxes sometimes so in turn i believe yes we should sit at the table together we should free those who are not guilty and give them room to be free you know and then tackle oppression or um together Mm -hmm. um because uh, you know these things not women or men can do it alone and for so long men were taking initiative alone and then now maybe for the past few years women have been taking initiative alone and I think if anyone asks me down the line what do I see I see that we start working together yeah and I think that this is where I can see that at least my generation I see that there's there's a coming together yeah let's work together Let's put hands in hands and and create. Um, the narrative is changing now. Yeah. And that's exactly what was happening. Because before that, it was the men. And then women like, okay, it's going to be feminist. We're going to take over the stories. And we're going to discuss. And we're, it's going to be our conversation. And then the past few years, that even started changing. Where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, let's see how we can come to an agreement and shape that together. Where it's not one extreme or the other yeah yeah because that's exactly what he just went to complete extreme as a response to an extreme uh experience before exactly. that right? you're right about that and you know um 
was the saying like you know you can't fight fire with fire you don't want yeah. to do that, as opposed to just bringing it together and okay how can we make it work yeah. and in a sense a lot of it was and I, I get your story of like being representing Arabia at some point because it's even weirder when you're the black kid but then you're Arab so how do you explain that to an American oh yeah mm-hmm. right. how, 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 so how did you explain it it's difficult because I tell him, hey, I'm this guy who came from Dubai, that mm. right? And then it's a matter of the instant assumption is you're African-American. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Just let's get that clear. <laughs> I'm not African-American. Uh, I just happen to be black. And it's like, okay, so I'm Sudanese. Okay, what Sudan is about? It's like, it's Afro-Arab. Uh-huh. So that means we're African, but we're also Arabs. And then you got to break that down even further. Yeah. How is this Afro-Arab? And then, okay, you're getting into... History and you're getting but could you have those intellectual conversations? Like, were you able to have these yeah. deep intellectual conversations? Yeah, but then again, because the school I went to was a bit of um, a space of intellectuals and a space of conversations yeah. and talks and debates, and it was, uh, it, you'd even need a public forum. These are just one-to-one conversations, mm-hmm. and then sometimes it just grows from that. And then everybody there instantly clicked, because you had the Italians, you had the kids... A lot of the kids were from abroad, so it was a society of just people coming. So it was very multicultural, parts, which made it very easy. Okay. And then the few who were Americans who've never traveled or never seen other parts, now they get excited because they're getting to discover about this whole other world they didn't know existed. Like they expected me to sh- show up, probably like African colorful outfits that they've yeah. seen on TV, right? And then you show up looking just like them. So like, oh, okay, how does this work? And you know, you kind of sit them down and you explain, and it's exactly it. It's, you just—it's not just pictures. You'd open up YouTube, and this is where I live. <laughs> you know, this is home. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to break it down to them. So it's—it is just that. It's just this trying to take the narrative of what you see is not even—it's not a, not even a percent of the picture. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, that is not what it's like, mm. right? And then you have to paint this new picture yeah. and take them out of this ignorance and like this is what it is you know and this is how we live our lives and this is what it's like and um you know we have our own understanding of freedom not because this is how you perceive it means that's did you deal with the muslim question oh yeah yeah always how did you deal with that yeah like yeah muslim hands down i was very patriotic and very proud about who i was and what i found to be very interesting was that the african-americans found um they looked at it from a completely different point of view of pride mm-hmm. because I have connection to my roots. They don't. Ah. I know where I come from. I know who my grandparents are. I know my history. I know ah, yeah. all the way back. I guess that's part family, of the immigrant right? story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like you go abroad and you almost, you connect and you disconnect. Yeah. That that happens. And yeah. so I, I and, you okay. become a, and you become a representation because if they've never met anybody before, you yeah. know, you have to represent for You have to answer else. the questions. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So you are now Africa? Apparently so. I, I'm, East, wow. I'm Afro-Africa. Uh, Arab-Africa. Arab-Africa. Arab yeah, so at the time I had to represent that space. So yeah. it's very interesting how you got to weave in these stories. Exactly. I like that all the time. So why tell the stories? Why tell them? Yeah. Like beyond what's been said, I mean, why you thought you're the one to tell them? I'm not telling them, they're telling them. People mm. are telling their own stories. I'm just giving them a piece of paper mm. and a pen <laughs> and facilitating the process, you know, just being there and calling for it. Um, 
there, there are two components. There's one for for the person, him or herself, for us, for the people, for the locals, for the um, Arabs, um, you know. And then there's also, you know, at the, on the same at the same time, there's another part which is the international sphere and where us, where we belong and how we're situated and what our stories are uh, in relation to the world. Yeah. Um, so you're speaking, both you're speaking to yourself, but you're also speaking to the other. Um, and at the same time, the overarching kind of thing that you resort to, or hopefully, I'm hoping that I would kind of put that forward, is that there's no me and another. And so by serving me, by serving the other, we realize that we are so similar. And that if I don't know that the story writer is um, Saudi or Muslim or um, Emirati or Qatari or um, Maghribi or whatever, I I can, as an American or as a French or as an Australian, I can still relate. Mm -hmm. Because there is a generational element, there is a gender element, there is an economical element, there is a political element, a social, psychological element. And if you're lost in life, you're not lost by nationality, you're just lost because you don't know what career to choose, because you don't know whether you want an eight to five job or you want to become an artist. And regardless of the categories that we had set for ourselves, this is a generational question, for example. Yeah. So by that, we are similar. And by that, I can I can speak to you and not look at your name. And that's why it's anonymous. Because I don't need to know your family name to have presumptions of, you know, oh, yeah, I know your story. Don't You don't need yeah. to write a yeah, full yeah. page about yourself. Um, and so that's... That's one of the aspects of, you know, that's one of the fruits of it. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stories, I don't even know what gender the storyteller is because... Um, well, you can't tell by Some stories, if it's first uh, person, you really can't tell. But you can still relate. So it's also gender fluid. Does Do people write in the first person? Or do some people say there once was a girl named Sarah? No, it's no mostly one, first. They write for, for, uh, for first person. That's interesting. Uh, there are a few stories where they created creatures. Um, Creature lived in whatever. That's interesting. Um, so that that goes into the truth element yeah. of the project. I do tell people to write their real stories, uh, whether it's a moment in time, whether it's their life story, it's an experience, whatever. Uh, but I do call for real narrative, you know, mm-hmm. tell your story. Um, so... However, I do accept stories that have creatures in them. Because they might be true. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because I, I don't see why this is not a true story. Yeah. The fact that you chose to write about the creature that went into a... lived in a forest and I don't know what happened. Um, I know that this might be you, this might be a cousin, this might be the creature, but you chose to have that creature mm. and you chose to tell this story. So this is your truth. And that's how you chose to tell it. Yeah. Exactly. I find that interesting. Yeah. Because I, I think if, you know, sometimes it's just a defense mechanism. Exactly. That's all. Yeah. You know, because that's all it is. You don't want to address certain things, so it's easier to write in a third person or project it into something exactly. else. Exactly. Yeah. So that story, as though it's not yours, so it makes it easier to digest. Yeah. 
That's fascinating. Like, I'd read, it's so cool, because then I'd want to sit down and, like, deconstruct and see what is being told and how these stories are being told. Yeah. Even from whether it's first person or third person view, or even if it was creatures, or it just shows how different minds work too, and how different people decide to tell yeah. different stories. Like, there's something deeply fascinating in that of how you just want to study yeah. these these stories. Do people come to find you? Do they come to find yeah. you to write? Yeah, to, a to, lot. To, to, to relieve themselves of yes. it. Yes, they cry as they write their stories. They tell me their wow. stories. They just want to talk. Um, I had a few moments where, you know, I, it was very intimate and very, you yeah. know. And um, one time we were, um, where the performance was held, a flow exhibition, part of the 2139 um, Art Week in Jeddah. Um, I had the performance in the basement of the exhibition, and then on the second floor there were the stations where people can write their stories. And so we were hanging around in Med Cafe. They had a corner there uh, where a lot of my friends go. And so um, I was in a meeting. So my back was to the station, to the story collection station. And a friend of mine comes and is like, listen, this thing happened and it's so weird. I didn't know what to do. And I was like, what happened? And he said there was a girl that went, came to the floor, walked towards the station took a paper and pen and started writing and crying a lot oh. to the like extent that, that he noticed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, what do I do? Like, do I go to speak to her? Do I give her a napkin? You yeah. know, do I inter intervene do I do? or do I just let be? And so when he came to tell me the story, it already happened. So he said, I didn't do anything. I just let her write. And she wrote, cried, put the story in the box and left. So she literally just came to tell to, the story, to write, to write her yeah. story, and to set this sort of closure of to that experience. I don't even know what story from the collection is, her, is hers. But that's the point, isn't yeah. it? Exactly. I just know that her story is part of the collection, and that there were tears involved. Yeah. And there was a behind-the-scenes story that my <laughs> yeah. friend came and told me. So there are stories and and stories and stories of the other mm -hmm. story, and that's why there's always another. You know, because she doesn't know the other story that happened between me and my friend. Exactly. Yeah. And that we were actually concerned. Yeah. But I think she didn't need that. She exactly. didn't need your concern. Yeah. I think what she needed was your space. Yeah. And I think that's part that's of what makes, yeah. you know, great art is yeah. space. Yeah. The space to do and Definitely. be freely. Yeah. You know. Um, I think it's very poignant that you give a place in Jeddah for it. I think it's very poignant that you know, there is a space to interact with stories because yeah. we in the Arab world are gener have generally been censored. It's something that I deal with in the filmmaking aspect of my life oh. quite a bit, is that to find an actor that's completely able to strip themselves away yeah. is very difficult because we've been censored for the longest time. We are yeah. afraid in some way. But I feel <laughs> like our stories are, are deeply affected by that. We self-censor and therefore the, na the narrative shifts slightly, it just does. a little bit, yeah. you know. Um, and when you give this open platform, you almost give permission 
for the truth, yeah, whatever the truth may be yeah. in your world, in your eyes. And there's something beautiful about that. And I think it, it reminds me very much, much of artist pages. I don't know the, the practice of artist pages. Um, when I was training in dance a, a long time ago, I forgot, I think it's something Norman, the word Norman comes to mind. Anyways, uh, this lady wrote a book about the artist and breaking through creative blocks. And the idea is every day you sit for three, for, for, three minutes, three seconds, whatever, but you've got to fill two pages of a journal with anything that is in your being. And then you can dance. Like, oh, wow. then and only then can you <laughs> dance. Because whatever you're doing before, that's just tainted by your self-censorship, your whatever. So it's this idea of stripping and stripping and stripping. Yeah. It's an interesting practice. I mean, I still... It's now turned into my practice of, journal of mm -hmm. journaling, my life. But that's pretty much, you know... That's pretty much it. I think that this offers that space, yeah. you know. Anyways, the long and short of it is I'm grateful <laughs> for your practice. You. And I'm grateful for your art. I think that it's something that you, you know, it's a wonderful contribution to the Arab world, to getting the Arab world to be seen in a different light or the yeah. light that we know exists. Exactly. That, you know, and carrying that through. And uh, Something that needed to exist. Let me know where you are next because I'll, I'll go. I'd love to come to the Bay and start. Also yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. You, have, have you traveled with your booth? And so that's where I am now. It's okay. been, I've been trying to establish it like really well in Jeddah just to have a good, you know, foundation and then start heading places. And uh, I've currently I'm thinking of, of course, like the GCC, like I was thinking of Dubai and Qatar. Mm. And I've already been in contact with a few people and especially galleries because I also want to showcase these stories. Yeah. Um, whether through the performance or through the stories as they are in their raw condition. Yes. And so once you bring the, your stories into it, it's already alive. You're bringing life to it. So. Yeah. That's Yeah. Amazing. And what was kind of maybe one idea that, one story that connected with you the most? Ah, a lot of stories connected with me. There is one particular one that I keep... I mean, every time someone asks me this question, one story hits, you know, because yeah. it's the mood that it's I'm in and, and, and uh, my memory. Uh, but now I remember a story about the universe, uh, the universe that this person and I used in I used as one of the 15 stories that I weaved together for the performance it was about this person that began being very sort of addicted to the universe and to the stars mm. and to just looking at the sky and, and, and admiring it and realizing that we are so tiny yeah in face of this uh, sky um and then this person would like to become an astronaut. Um, yeah, it was very humbling um, to read that story because it reminds you to kind of like calm down. It's fine. It's all going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, there are a lot of stories that are like that, you know. It's not about a specific event, but it touches you. It's about their dreams sometimes. It's about something. When they began, when they first looked at the sky, and they were like, hold on, this thing is up. <laughs> you know, and maybe I should give it more attention. Yeah. Or maybe, oh, there's the universe. 
Yeah. Because suddenly, I think maybe this person's like, well, there's the universe. I've got to go there. Exactly. Instead of inside yeah. this person, the yeah. person's looking outward yeah. instead of inward. Yeah, because you got two universes to look into, right? And there's a world of yeah. universes. A universe of universes. Yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah. It's a cool project. It's Sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate I'm it. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to meet you. To share I'm just going to stay on this couch. Yeah. You should, yeah. Like, how do you Yo, what up, Ducan fam? Welcome to your tribe. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Please be sure to rate and review the show, whether you're on iTunes Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, any podcast here, you name it. Get at us. Hit us with those five stars. Leave some comments. Let us know how you guys feel. Let us know what you think. And if you really enjoyed it, you really felt like you are part of the conversation, please be sure to share it with your friends. You can always get at us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, you name it, at Dukkan Show. And you can get at me personally on Instagram and Twitter, at OT Official. And for more information, if you want to access some of our cool exclusive content, get at us at www.dukanshow.com. Peace and love. I'll see you guys next week. If I told you I could give you life. Would you leave the boundaries of your mind? I bet you never even knew That there's a universe inside of you Can I take you back and make it go away? Would you let me be your getaway? No, no, no more, I bet you
I've been chilling, bitch, I Popping pills, looking at the sky She says I've been on it long time She says I've been on it long time She says I've been on it long time, oh, oh But you know how this shit goes I'm screaming 249 on these hoes All day, oh yeah Text starting with hi She like what you up to Some gabaline and I'm rolling up a blunt too Up in Cairo, ducking 5-0 Still getting high though Wish that you can come through Rotation, baby Can't seem to keep up a conversation lately Woman, just look at all the days you wasted We could have been something, but you played it safely And I can't blame you, baby Hold it down if you're really down Blow a pound if you're feeling down Try to slow it down, you ain't really down But I've been bitch, jay It's been time I'm still drinking from the now Still a young nigga from the 249 Pull up the middle finger cause the crew don't mind 249 Young nigga from the 249 249 I can love you like the 249 249 Young nigga from the 249 What you know about the 249 Oh yeah Stay reppin' the old town 187, nigga, fuck is you talking about? Come to my city, give you something to smoke now Always get love when I'm shoutin' my souls out But I see fake niggas tryna be homies Talking about old man, green fire emojis They know nobody better than Tayshaun Clear the competition like my notification But I've been bad, Jay, it's been time I'm still drinking from the night Still a young nigga from the 249 Pull up the middle finger cause the crew don't mind 249 Young nigga from the 249 249 I can love you like the 249 yeah. 249 What you know about the 249 Young nigga from the 249 Ain't tryna call tension, girl, I'm only hot But woman, if you won't decide How the fuck am I supposed to leave these hoes behind? Truth is, I don't need these hoes Wrong religion, I don't even believe in these hoes Large front bitches, I can read these hoes Say the word and I shift to lead these hoes out Love you like the 249 Love you like the 249 Love you like the
just tell her. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling, but I, but I know I can be with you for the night. Alright, that don't that baby, baby. Oh, 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 oh,